Hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny for those who are willing to open their hearts to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. All right, so this is Q&A Sunday. With, uh, Q&A with Stephen K., my lovely bride, um, who has uh, probably more wisdom than I do. She just hides it well. I'm, uh, I'm an open book. You're going to know what I think and feel pretty much all the time. Um, for some of you, I'm sorry. For the other half, you just haven't had that chance to meet me yet. <laughs> uh, and in this, uh, we do this six times a year. It's the second Sunday of, what is this, January? So every odd month, uh, the second Sunday of every odd month, we do Q&A with Stephen Kay. And we let you guys basically determine the sermon. Uh, the rest of the time, it's more controlled by me. Uh, we did have an anonymous question come in, and I want to let you know that that is totally okay. Um, if there's something that you don't want folks to physically see you ask, or um, maybe you're concerned about whatever, you are welcome to send in an anonymous question. Just email it to Jess or whoever. Um, the anonymous question was, what is NAR, N-A-R, and is it, uh, is it false doctrine? So NAR is uh, the new... Apostolic, uh, I don't know, group or whatever. I can't remember what the R stands for. Uh, but it's a, um, there's a group of, of Christian leaders. Um, I think Peter Wagner, uh, Bill Johnson's in it. I think Todd White, um, some of these names you might know. Uh, these are, they're all great guys. I super appreciate their ministries. Uh, Peter Wagner is, is an incredible, um, apostolic voice for the body of Christ, Bill Johnson. If you've ever listened to Bill Johnson, he's that guy that can say two words and your heart hears like 200 because there's, there's a, there's a, there's some, there's a grace on the way that he ministers. Um, Todd White is the opposite. He says 200 words and you get two, <laughs> but he's got so much energy in the 200 that you get, uh, and so I'm saying, like, I appreciate all, almost all these guys. I think even Brother Copeland's on there. I appreciate all of these people, all of their ministries. And that doesn't mean I believe in everything they believe. This is one of the things that I think is a general problem with the body of Christ, is that if you don't like what, if you don't like what somebody believes or you don't like what they say, you, you automatically have to trash them as a person, and oftentimes publicly. We're one of the few groups on earth that will eat their own wounded. <laughs> it is disgusting. And I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Listen, I was born into the, basically, basically, into the kingdom. 46 years I've been alive. My dad was a pastor. I've been in a Christian environment my whole life. I got born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit at five years old. That's right, five years old, speaking in tongues. That was before they had handy cams, and so I would have loved to have seen a video of that. But 
I've been in and around the kingdom my entire life, and it is disgusting to me of, A, how quickly someone has the ability to disagree, and then, B, they think because they disagree that they're right. We're supposed to be known by our love, one for another. Jesus said in John chapter 13, I think verse 35, that the world will know that you are my disciples by your love, one for another. Not your love for the world, y'all. Not your love for the world. Uh, general Christianity thinks that if they start a soup kitchen and hand out clothes and hand out money and become the cool new social service, that the whole world will know that God loves them. That's literally the opposite. You start handing out people's stuff for free and don't hold them accountable to having truth actually invade their lives and hearts that brings them to repentance, then you are actually helping the devil. Well, I know. Nobody liked that one. There are tons of churches that are literally helping the devil keep people destroyed. And they're doing it in the name of God. Oh, my Lord. Jesus preached, repent. I know, not, not a popular word in today's world. Um, John the Baptist, repent. Peter, repent. Paul, repent. Repent. Now, the word repentance in the Greek is a little different than probably the average person in here understands. Most people hear the word repent, and they hear penance. And penance is beating yourself up for all the stupid stuff you did. Um, You're not Jesus. He went to the cross for you. Penance is not in the Bible. And if you're doing penance, you are cooperating with the enemy. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to kill you, steal from you, and destroy you. And it includes penance, beating yourself up, and punishing you for your sin. There is no punishment for your sin that you personally have to bear because Jesus bore it for you. If you were going to have to bear punishment for your sin, you couldn't take it. Because it's more than you can bear. Jesus took it for you. So when you let the enemy talk you into penance... You are you have been deceived and you are working in cooperation with what he wants to do in your life. Penance is not in the Bible. Repentance is in the Bible. It's the Greek word metanoe. Meta means change. And noe is the center of the thoughts. The center of the thoughts. Not the peripheral of the thoughts. The center of the thoughts. So when you hear the word repentance, it means to change the center of your thinking. So when Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, change the center of the way you think because there's a kingdom here. And it wants to invade your life, your surroundings, your environment. And the will of my Father is done in His kingdom. Repent. So when these, uh, when these people that I adore, Brother Copeland is like a spiritual father to me, you would not be here if it was not for Brother Copeland. Because Brother Copeland wrecked me and Kay. Wrecked us. The tape series is right back there that my lovely mom forced me to listen to. 
and I say that tongue in cheek, <laughs> but she basically forced me to listen to a tape series, and I was having fun. I had my live-in girlfriend. I got, I drank when I wanted to drink. I did stupid stuff when I wanted to do stupid stuff, and I was my own god, and I was on my own path, and it was pretty good. And then that tape series. Yep. Jacked up the whole thing. And it's called The Covenant of Blood by Kenneth Copeland. I would encourage everybody in here to read it, or listen to it, or read it, because I think it's a book now. And it's on the shelf. But the point is, is if it wasn't for Brother Copeland, I wouldn't be here, and you wouldn't be here. Do I believe everything Brother Copeland preaches, talks about, and does? Nope. Am I going to stand up here and blast Brother Copeland just to defend my way of thinking? Nope. I love him. Sorry, if that irks you, then you probably need to repent. Because you should love him too. You don't have to believe everything he says. You don't have to hear every word and download it and say, well, since I love him, i got to do everything he says. No, thank God my wife loves me enough to not do everything I ask her to do. <laughs> do I love Bill Johnson? Do I love Todd White? Do I, I do. I love them. I adore them. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll check in and I'll listen to their stuff and, and I'll eat the meat and spit out the bones. But we live in a society that has become popular popular to dishonor the men and women of God that he placed in our lives. And I have no idea how to tell you how devastating that is for your life. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus was talking about these exact same truths. And I know I'm I'm taking a short question and I'm making it long and I'm really not even answering it, but I want to cover these things. In uh, Matthew chapter 10, uh, there's a parallel to this in uh, Luke. And Jesus said in... 19, when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Now look at the next statement. If I was Jesus, man, he's way better at being a preacher than I am. If I was Jesus, I'd have said, hey, the Spirit of God speaks through you. And I'd say, you know, be encouraged and, and wow, how humbling and how honorable is that, that you get to have that and experience that. But Jesus, obviously a gazillion times wiser than me, follows that statement up with the next one. After you speak from the Spirit of God, brother's going to kill brother. Father is going to come after child. Children are going to come after their parents. Hello? You know, you're actually rewarded in our society. Turn in neighbors, parents, whatever, for breaking whatever laws. And I say laws because they're not laws. 
There's, you can watch them. There's videos of a family in Canada that had six people together for Christmas and they were turned in by their neighbors and the, the Canadian police broke into their house and drug them out and arrested them for having six people for Christmas. Six family members for Christmas. They were turned in by their neighbors. And there's no way. Jesus said it 2,000 years ago. And the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And the next verse, please. And you shall be hated of all men. He just said you're going to speak with the Spirit of God. No. If my pastor was really talking from the Spirit of God, there would be... I would sit there and I would feel grace drip down over me. And it would be like warm honey. And I would feel angels' wings brush up against my cheek. And I would hear the voice of the heavenly choir when my pastor preaches. Or you'd hate him. Amen. You know, some of the times when I say the things and do the things that get on the inside of you and make you go, those are the exact things. Those are the exact things. Anyway. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in the city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of God come. The disciple is not above his master, and the servant above his Lord. Now, in context, why did he say that? Verse 25, it's enough that the disciple, that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, which is another word for Satan, if they called Jesus Satan, did they or did they not? They did. did. If they'll call Jesus Satan, how much more will they call you Satan? (laughs) When they call you Satanic, they just did it. Go read my Facebook. (laughs) I'm an evil person for going to the nation's capital. When they call you Satanic, you actually should say, well, it's God. Okay, let me say it this way. If nobody's called you satanic, it, the scriptures say in Second Timothy, all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All. What did Cindy say the definition of all is? All. All. All those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And you might be thinking, well, I don't get a lot of persecution. Huh. You know, you probably should work that backwards. A lot of people literally don't live Christ in their lives, in their working environments, even in their own homes, because they don't want to be persecuted. In other words, the devil's being victorious. Well, I will persecute you if you talk about Christ. Well, hey, 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 hey. All right. Where can I talk about Christ? I'll let you um, at church for an hour. I'll take it. You'll keep giving me a paycheck, right? Yep, I'll keep giving you a paycheck. 
got kind of quiet up in here, didn't it? All those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Sometimes you can tell about how godly you are by how much people persecute you. Sometimes you're just being a jerk and you need to be persecuted. Fear them not. That's a great place for an amen. Fear them not. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Praise Jesus. What I tell you in the darkness, that speak ye in the light, and what you hear in the ear, that preach you upon the housetops. Fear not them which try to kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, Jesus said over in, I want to say it's John, he said uh, that if you, if the world receives the ones that I send, they receive me. When he commissioned the disciples in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, he told them the same thing. If you go into a house and you release your peace and they accept it, great, stay there and and live off whatever they give you. If they reject it, leave. Dust your feet off and take your peace with you. Well, that doesn't sound very kind, Jesus. I know, you guys are way more kind than Jesus. He said, if they reject you, they reject me. You know how freeing this is as a pastor? And I'm not even, I'm not being funny, I'm not being sarcastic. You know how freeing, how, how much peace this ministers to me when people reject me. Even people that I'm called to minister to, even people I'm called to counsel and to lead and to guide, you know how blessed it is that the Lord said that when they reject you, they're not actually rejecting you. They're rejecting me. When you reject me, and I say this very tenuously, but I'm quoting Scripture. When you reject me, you reject Him. Right. And I'm going to tie some stuff in, and I know some of you are going to be like, whoa. But it's just that true. Jesus was so bold and so courageous because He knew He was speaking only what His Father told Him to speak. And if it cost Him His life, that's what He came to do anyway. He didn't care about people's opinions of what the Father said. He said what the Father told him to say. It is anti-politics. They only say what they want people to, what people want them to say, and then they lie. And people keep voting them in office. Jesus does the opposite. He tells you all the things you don't want to hear because he's a king and he's not running for office. And if you reject him as king, that's on you. Pick another king. You got two other ones to choose from, Satan and you. And I can assure you, as a person who knows you, you are a terrible king. (laughs) And Satan's worse. You might take Jesus. Be way better for you. The prophet said, Touch not the Lord's anointed and do his prophets no harm. And I can tell you, go look at my Facebook. 
and see how many people don't give a flip about honor. I get it that people disagree with me. But when they're effing me out and calling me things that they're calling me, that's not disagreement. That's satanic. And there's a recompense for that. And I'm praying against it. I literally went to bed last night praying for the peace and the health and not the reaping of the people that were doing the terrible things. Amen. <laughs> like Stephen, one of my mentors in the Bible. Like Stephen, when in the last month, while he's physically being stoned, he looks up and catches the face of Jesus, who is standing to receive him as the first martyr. And he says, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And it always bothered me. I was like, man, one day I'll be holy and spiritual enough to, to have people throwing rocks at me and I'll say, Lord, forgive them. But now I, I, don't, I guess I prefaced that the wrong way. I'm not saying that holy now. I'm just saying like, I get it now. I understand what happens to people's lives when they start rejecting God's solutions. And God's solutions looks like this. Sorry. I wished it was better too. Trust me, I pray at the mirror all the time. And the mirror doesn't change. <laughs> Should have more faith. If you reject the vessel that God comes to you in, then you reject God. Because of the vessel. Now that's really ignorant. Don't do that. Just don't do that. And I'm not saying this about me. I'm tying this in NAR, N-A-R, the New Apostolic Revolution or whatever it is. We have been in a bad way of the body of Christ because for 1,500 years for sure, we basically only thought there was one gift to the body, and that was pastor. Everybody's a pastor. In fact, if you ever go minister anywhere else in the world, it doesn't matter what you are, you're a pastor. Pastor, 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 pastor. And you can, you don't even have to, you can't even be a pastor and you're a pastor. If you're just a white guy and you show up in some other part of the world, they can just call you a pastor because obviously you're Trevor Craigle. <laughs> confer like, everybody's pastor. I have friends on Facebook that have like five different preferences before you get to their actual name. It's reverend, doctor, pastor, apostolic, evangelist, leader, house flipper, Bob Jones. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what you are. <laughs> My name on Facebook, Steve Castle. Because <laughs> I'm son. There's no greater name than son. I don't care if you call me pastor. I don't care if you honor me, honor me as pastor. I don't care if you send me flowers on Valentine's Day. I don't care if I get a birthday card. I don't care if I get your money. I, none of that. I ain't none of that. I am a son of God. And I carry the truth. Now, some people, it would be beneficial for you to call me or at least see me or respect me as pastor because then it will have more gravity on my words. But I don't give a rip. You can call me stupid. I don't care. I'm, I'm free from all that. It doesn't bother me. But it will affect you. Because if you sit at home and if you, go home, if you go home after service today and you have roast pastor for lunch, it will demolish your opinion of me and by default my words. So I say all that to say, I don't, I'm, I'm not in NAR. But I don't have a problem with it. Because we have lost the apostolic, we have lost the prophetic, 
Um, the evangelist kind of has been accepted in the last maybe 100 years, but it's only in the last 25, maybe 30 years that the prophet and the apostle have been acceptable people in some little slivers of the church. And the amazing part is, if you go read the book of Acts, you know how many pastors are in the book of Acts? One. You know how many apostles are in the book of Acts? Like 50. We literally flipped it to where now everybody's a pastor and there are no apostles. (laughs) Anti-book of Acts. In the book of Acts, like they literally went to the prophets. There are people in this room that are prophets and prophetic. And I lean on them. Because I want to know, through the prophetic, what's happening. So I get it that NAR's got a bad name because they've done some dumb stuff. But so do you. (laughs) You've done some dumb stuff. So you don't get to measure a person by their faults. Measure the things by the effectiveness they've done. If it wasn't for NAR, we probably generally wouldn't have embraced some of the apostolic, some of the prophetic, and some of the other gifts that Jesus died to give us. If you don't believe me, read Ephesians chapter 4. Jesus literally died. Literally died to give the body of Christ gifts. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. So whenever you reject one of those, you reject what Jesus died to do, and you're saying to Jesus, you don't know what you died for, and your gifts are unacceptable to me. This is the same way I feel when people reject the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't want to take the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do that tongue stuff. The Bible says it's the least gift. So if you don't accept the least gift, do you think you're going to accept the greater gifts? If you don't accept the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, do you really truly think you're going to accept Jesus or the Father? And who are you to measure the gifts? If it was important enough for Jesus to shed blood to provide it for you, and then you say, well, I don't need that gift. This is one of the revelations that helped me live in divine health, in in a measure of divine health. Because... the body of Christ for a long time, they just like, well, I don't know, maybe healing, maybe not, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, we got doctors and good medicine, so just hang out there. And, and it's been okay. And when I realized that Jesus took stripes on his back, simply and singularly for my healing, that changed it for me. Right now, there is only one thing in all of heaven right now that is there that is man-made. One thing in heaven that is man-made. And that is the, the scars on Jesus' body. It's the only thing in heaven man-made. And for me to reject those stripes, those scars that are right now in heaven, I cannot do that and say I love Jesus at the same time. I can't do it. I don't know where you are, and I'm not trying to get you there. I'm just saying for me, when I figured it out, that that was the purpose of those stripes. And people were rejecting that. Maybe you can. Maybe you're okay with it. I can't. 
There is no way that I know that I'm going to stand in front of Jesus at the end of my life and look at his face knowing that just inches away are scars on his body that I rejected. And he died to send us gifts. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of ministries. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. Gifts of, you can go to Romans chapter 12 and there's other gifts. Um, there's gifts of help at Ryan and Jess and, and Pastor Bob. And, and there's all, all of these things are gifts. I honored them. I deeply, deeply honor them. Go ask them when I ain't looking. Go ask Pastor Bob if I honor him. Go ask Ryan and Jess if I honor him. I do. Because of what they are from heaven. Not because of their personalities. Not because they're fun and cutesy and all that kind of stuff. So I, the reason I took such a long time to kind of answer this question is because there's a lot of this. There's a lot of this. What do you think about this movement? What do you think about this denomination? What do you think about this group of people? What do you think about... I just answered all of it. John Wesley was one of the most influential people in the planet. Am I Methodist? Nope. Even the Methodists aren't Methodists, just so you know. Because I've been in the office with Methodist preachers, and I have quoted John Wesley, and they've gotten mad at me. I'm like, okay. Uh, I've been in the office with Lutherans, and I have quoted Martin Luther. And they've been mad. Because they didn't know I was quoting Martin. They thought I was doing one of my own doctors. Like, they're... So does that mean I'd flush every Methodist and flush every Lutheran? I mean, we have to have the Baptist. If it wasn't for the Baptist, there wouldn't be any Christians. You'll, you'll catch on to that later. So you don't, don't, don't do that. If there's something that's great that the Baptists have, take it. If there's something great that's, that's why we are not a denomination. We're interdenominational. If you've come here and you're, you were Methodist or Catholic or Lutheran or whatever, God bless you. Come on in. Before long, you'll probably drop the title and you'll figure out that some better than being some other title. And when you cross that line, become some instead of some other title, you're on your road to have some of the greatest experiences ever. So I just answered that whole thing, hopefully, and I set hopefully a bunch of people free with that whole mess. So, we'll take our first question. I don't think you want to talk about NAR, do you? <laughs> You're welcome to. No, I just really appreciate the question um, because the enemy wants to do that. He wants to divide us up, separate right. us up. There are some amazing men and women of God who have amazing revelation, but because they're not in our circle or our camp or whatever you want to say, we are missing out on something God has for us because they're different. Or so-and-so said they're this. And it's just ridiculous to think that we have let that happen. And we aren't open to asking the Father, does this person have something for me? Taking the Father's opinion over that person over a person's opinion of that person or Facebook's opinion of that person or wherever you're getting your information. Um, and, but I also appreciate that that question was asked 
to our pastor. That we're, we honor his, his wisdom. We honor that he is going to speak the truth to us. That he's going to have that balanced answer. Um, because for some of us, you know, especially if we're, we're new, it can be overwhelming, all the different people out there and all the different messages and all the Amen. different, like, who do I listen to? Who shouldn't I listen to? So it's really important that you do have someone that you can go to and say, what, so what do you think of this minister? What do you think of this ministry? What do you think of this message? And he's going to be honest and tell you. And he's going to encourage you to seek out the answer for yourself as well. So. Yeah, and that's, uh, to, to kind of backfill that, um, we, the, the Lord has called us to build a culture here. Um, and it's unique or peculiar, whatever word you want to use. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that God has called us to build a very specific culture. And he's going to call people to be a part of that culture. I'm okay that not every Christian is going to sit in here and be comfortable in our culture, doing what we're doing, learning what we're learning, and growing with what we're growing with. I'm okay with the, I, I honestly believe the scriptures where the, the Bible says that God will bring people to me. It's not my job to go out and try to convince a bunch of people to be in beloved. Yes, I'm a fisher of men. I mean, those are two completely different things. But I honestly believe that God is going to bring people to me and bring people into our fellowship that need to be here. If you're not here because God has drawn you here and you're just trying to feel it out or, um, I'll just tell you, that's a terrible philosophy because if you're church shopping, you might as well go religious shopping too. And I can tell you that uh, Muslims got it way better. Being honest, if you're a Muslim, I mean, your people got your back and your money is taken care of and stuff. I mean, you'd be way better off. If you're just shopping for stuff, you'd be way better as a Muslim. Now, if you're here because the Father taught you, told you to be here, that means when we disagree, deal with it. <clears throat> um, another thing is, is that I, I drink from a ton of streams. I get teaching and truths from a ton of streams. But if you want to know the stream, it's basically Andrew. It's Andrew Womack. And so I'm going to probably tell you, if you come to me like, hey, I need to know about the thing and the stuff and how do I grow in this, I'm probably, 90% of the answers are going to be Andrew's stuff. I trust him. His stuff is really good. It is straight biblical. Does that mean that's the only thing I've ever drank? No. <laughs> and I think some people are like, they don't get this. But I'm, here's, here's something that you need to know. If you start cross-pollinating in your heart, you're going to end up with a two-headed flower. And then you're going to be confused. That's why the Bible says, don't be double-minded. If you have one preacher that believes in the finished work of the cross, like me, and you got another preacher that thinks, well, maybe God does heal, maybe He doesn't. It all depends on His mood on Wednesday. And then you got another preacher that said, no, all the, all the supernatural stuff has passed away. And you listen to all three of those guys... You are going to be confused to the max, to the max. And then you're going to come to me and you're going to want me to untangle it. And I'm just asking you 
from your love for me. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. So if you don't want to be healed, you're in the wrong room. And, and don't drink from our streams. Because you're going to be encouraged to be healed. If you want to not engage with the Holy Spirit, you're in the wrong room. Don't drink from our streams because you're going to get messed up. Now, if you do want all those things, then drink from one stream for the most majority of your stuff. So many people I've had to try to go in there and untangle them because they listened to five hours of this guy and five hours of this guy and five hours of this guy. I watched this crazy whacked out person from New Zealand on YouTube and they got this one prophetic person from Zimbabwe speaking. I'm like, oh my God, stop listening to all the crazy people on YouTube. Just listen to this. Listen to this a hundred times. And I'm not even being funny. There are messages I've listened to a hundred times. If you If you limit the number of voices and their messages, you are way more likely to get things that are in unity and in sync, and you'll be fine. And the worst thing, like if all you ever listen to is Steve Castle, Jesus just said, then you'll be as me. And my wife loves me. Confirm. Oh, I have to, like, verbally yeah, confirm. Yeah, confirm. So they believe me. Okay. I do love you. See? <laughs> I didn't even have to make her say it. We have, uh, all joking aside, like we literally have the best marriage on the planet. I'll put my marriage up against anybody out there. We have the best marriage on the planet. We have the best church on the planet. I didn't even make anybody do that. We, um, We are blessed. Um, our children love us, and they come to church. Who gets that? Um, they like spending time with us. Sometimes we'd run them out. <laughs> the point of what I'm saying is, and we live in divine health. We haven't seen, neither Kate or I have seen a doctor in long time. <laughs> long time. children, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, maybe the birth of our children, because there had to be a doctor involved, legally. <laughs> They didn't want me doing it, I guess. <laughs> the point is, like, we live, we, we have success in all this stuff. Are there people living way better than us in all those areas? Yeah. I'm saying, if you're not at least there, you, you're okay to drinking from our stream. When you get to where I am, go past me. Run way past me. I'll be happy to sit in your church. If you're manifesting all these things way better than me, I'll come to your church. I have no I am done being proud and arrogant and having to be the leader and all that. I quit that when I quit the secular business world. I'm done with all that. All I want to be is a son, and I want to live in the promises of my father. That's all I want. I don't care if I got a title. I don't care if I'm a just all I want. So you're uh, if if there's if there's true humility and submission in your heart, then you're going to hear all the things that Kay and I just said about that specific subject, and you're going to be okay. You'll be fine. And you'll grow and develop, and we'll help you along the way because that's exactly what we do. We're making disciples. All right, question. My question's for Kay. Um, <laughs> I was on Steve's Facebook and just reading some of the comments. Um, and one was, you know, dropping F-bombs at Steve. And anyone in this church... 
if God asked me to, I would take a bullet for it. And it was like one in the morning, and I Dennis goes, please don't reply, please don't reply. <laughs> Worried what I was saying because I was in my flesh, big time in my flesh, and I had to pray for a while. And my spirit checked me, so I responded back saying, you know that Steve is talking about unity, you know, and love. That's where he's coming from. Um, and I said, I will pray that you find that peace. You know, and that you find God and blah, blah, blah. And I meant it. Or before, if they'd be like, pray for me. No, I don't want to pray for him. You know, no, I did what the Holy Spirit told me to. And I do it a couple times. Actually, more than a couple. Uh, before it brought me back down. You know, but I'm glad I didn't let my flesh win. How do you handle that? <laughs> You know, because I, mean, I know how much you love your husband, and if people were saying that to my husband, I don't know if I could stay in the spirit the entire time. You know what I mean? Without wanting to say stuff back. <laughs> my question. Um, if there's stuff on Facebook that doesn't really faze me, just because they don't know him. And so how does their voice or their opinion have any value at all? Um, And, you know, that goes for all of us. So many people want to have an opinion on us based upon where we go to church um, or where we're at in life, and they don't even know you. They have no relationship with you. They've never had a conversation with you. So why would their their words or their accusation have any weight or value at all. Um, most of the time, I just feel sorry for them, if that's the right word, that they are, they are so blinded, so blinded, and so full of anger and fear that that's what, that's what they spew out. Because that's what's in them, you know, out of the abundance of your heart. And so I just, like, that is the life they're living <laughs> Hate, fear, judgment on people, judgment on the people of God, which is even worse. Um, so that's not really a hard thing for me. Um, I would say I struggle more with um, the people in our church that do that to him. That's a little harder for me. Strangers. It's a lot harder. <laughs> yes, I'm being nice. Um, just because out of all the people that should understand his heart and who he is, it should be the people in this building. And for people to dismiss him, for people to speak lies about him, um, that truly know him and who he is and the love that he has, that's hard. But I don't get mad at them. It's not them, even, even though they are those people. Like it is, is the, they have bought into a lie about who he is. And that's the, that's the hard part. They have, they have seen with their own eyes who he is. They have heard with their own ears his message and his heart. 
And yet the enemy was still able to convince them of a lie about who he is and his heart towards them. And so many people have left this body because of that. Because the enemy has convinced them of a lie about who he is. And for me that's really hard. Um, because I see more than anybody else in this room, even our kids, like the pastor that he is. Like you guys see it in part. I see it almost in whole, but really only the father sees it in whole, in its entirety. And so I see that more than anybody else. And so it's, that's you know probably the hardest thing for me because... People just don't don't get it. You know that he um, is in Hebrews that you you are held accountable for everyone in your body. Uh, that's First Timothy chapter three. That the person that desires the office of a bishop. Be careful about what you be careful about what you ask for, because there's a greater um, condemnation. There's a greater judgment on you to be in that office. Um. So, and I uh, have been given. Peter says that I've been given the charge of your souls. When folks, do, what Kay is talking about is when folks do that and they leave and they it. There's, it's hard to explain. There's a, there's a chunk of me that gets torn away because I invested my soul, my life into someone. It's the closest thing I can relate it to is those of you that have gone through divorce because it is. We're a family. I don't say we're the beloved family just to be cutesy, like well that's cool language. We'll have the beloved. It's divine. When the Lord knits a group of people together and then you just decide to tear off, you leave an open wound. Now, I'm not standing up here with like 5,000 wounds on me and I'm about to die or bleeding to death or something. You know, the Lord heals all of that. But it doesn't mean that that's still not real. And when those folks tear off, it tears a chunk of me. And what Kay's talking about is that she sees she sees me at the house when I'm struggling and fighting with because with every there is nothing in my life that I won't give up, I won't lay down, I won't sell, I won't sacrifice for any person in this body for you to have. What Jesus died to give you. Nothing. I'm done. Those of you that know, like my history, I had the big job. I had the six-figure income. I had seven houses and boats and cars and motorcycles and, and all the stuff and a devastated heart. So I've been there. I've seen the mountain. I climbed it. It sucked. I'll second that. <laughs> this is way better. The opportunity to love you guys, to have the real, genuine, sincere people like you in my life, ain't nothing I wouldn't trade for it, and there's nothing I wouldn't give up for it. If you don't have a chance to love deeply from the center of your heart, Pastor Bob and Stacy and Cindy and Ryan, Larry, you don't have a clue. 
what it's really like to be in the body of Christ. And I know a bunch of folks have been super hurt by a lot of people. And that's what makes them not want it. But I'm telling you, this is way better than you guarding yourself from the potential hurt. Get back in the game. Think K founder scripture. Yeah, it is in Hebrews. Oh. <laughs> the ones I quoted were where I quoted them from. Yeah, that's not the word I wanted to go. Um, I actually was um, referring to Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Oh. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. As they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Um, and it's unprofitable for you. you. And when I read you that, I'm tell just Deb thinking. Tell what it is so she can put oh, it up. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. When I read that, one of the things I think about is that responsibility like just in this people in this room would you volunteer to give account to God for everyone in this room (laughs) wait 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 wait. that's what I volunteered for (laughs) yes it is actually but he can do it with all joy if we obey him to have rule over us and submit ourselves to his leadership so we can give him an opportunity to give account with all joy and no grief if we are willing to obey and submit to his leadership, to this body, which is so awesome. But, man, I, I'll be honest, that's a big deal to have to give account for everyone in your, this body. And that is something that he willingly takes on. Because of the profit that is available to you through him doing that. Let me tell you about Paul. This is, this is Paul's testimony. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, Are they ministers of Christ? Uh, verse 23. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And he was defending his apostolic position to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was a handful. Um, Are they ministers of Christ? And he puts in parentheses, I speak as a fool. In other words, this is basically the human part of me that's responding. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Yes, Paul was beaten with a cat of nine tails multiple times. Paul's back probably looked worse as Jesus. In stripes above measure. In prisons, more frequent. When Paul went into a place to preach the gospel, he usually stopped by the prison and he said, Hey, by the way, I'll be back. Warm up a cell for me. And then he went and preached the gospel, knowing that he was going to get thrown into jail. Most of us, we do the things that in our lives that avoid us going into bad problems or having someone... Paul literally ran... That's why I'm kind of, some of these people in my life that have been with me for a long time, they call me a bull in a china shop. Blame it on Paul. In prisons more frequent. In deaths oft. Yeah. 
In Galatians, it tells us the testimony of the fact that he was stoned to death, and God raised him from the dead. And he got up and walked to the next town and preached the gospel. You know what the average Christian would do today if they were stoned to death and God raised him from the dead? Oh, my God. They'd have a GoFundMe page with $4 million on it. (laughs) Verse 24. Of the Jews, his brothers, his countrymen, his covenant family of the Jews, five times received, I have 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Ain't none of us have that kind of a testimony. In weariness and in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and in thirst. I can't even get folks to fast. And he was hungry because he had nothing. In cold and in nakedness. You know what nakedness is? Shame. In some of these places where he was arrested, they'd strip you naked and put you in the town center. And do terrible things to you. And I'm trying to be careful with my language because of young folks in the room. But they did terrible things to people. Besides these things that are without. He called all those things on the outside. That which comes upon me daily. The care of the churches. Not... None of those things I just read got on the inside of him. Except the people that he was called to minister to. It's the only thing that got on the inside of him. And I know how he feels. And what Kay's talking about, it's legit. Like, she don't really care that people say terrible stuff and do terrible stuff and threaten us. We're currently, I have to be careful about what I say right now, but we're currently under threat. I have, how can I say this? God bless you too. Our activities here this morning are being protected by outside forces because of my care to make sure that you guys could come here safely without being molested by anybody that has made threats. So you're, you're taken care of. I can't tell you why or how or whatever. I'm just telling you that you are well covered. Because of the care that I have for you. That's why I didn't invite anybody to go to D.C. with me, because I would have hated to have thought that somebody went with me, and then you ended up in a bad situation. It would have broken me. It would have broken me. And I mean, like, probably beyond repair. If I know someone was hurt because of a choice that I made in their life, 
this isn't just church. I know folks are there. I know people live that way. And, God, and I, I'm okay with that. God bless you. But it's not that way for me. I pray for you every day. I see your faces. I dream about you. I have visions about you. I have The Father speaks things to me about you and your lives. And for a lot of folks, I just have to just suck it up and take it because they're just not open to what the Father wants to say to them. And sometimes I'm even like, God, why are you telling me stuff that they won't listen? And I whine and complain and he says, do they listen to me? (laughs) You need to find someone else to complain to because God is not the guy. (laughs) This is what gives her solace is that all that stuff from without, bomb threats and gun threats and, and people saying terrible things about me and cussing me out and calling me all that. It's all outside stuff. She knows. Like, the only thing that she really has to guard my heart for is this. Because all that stuff, water off a duck's back. But the internal stuff that she's talking about, when somebody takes off, splits the church, says terrible stuff about me, pulls a bunch of people from the church with them under the guise of I'm a terrible person, she knows, like, that's what she prays for me about. That's what she guards me. When I was in D.C., I don't know, maybe she was praying for me, but she's probably like, ah, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's safe. God's got him. Like, what the heck? She wasn't worried about me. What worries her is that when somebody, something internal, everything else is on the outside. Does that make sense? You're welcome. Stephen Kay, appreciate very much hearing your hearts this morning. Tom, we love just, you too, sir. Oh, it was just great to fellowship with you and your bride uh, there a few days back. I don't know if I could speak on behalf of Charmaine and I. We're just grateful for the warm welcome we've received here in this fellowship, so thank you. Got a question listening to you talk about the NAR. This might be a tag on to that. Your understanding, your perspective on Seven Mountain Dominionism, Dominion Theology, um, are we preparing the way of the Lord or from your view in the scripture or is he coming back to be our savior because this world is given over to the Babylonian system that's the question I have for you over to you um so I believe in, uh, I call it the seven realms. Um, I believe in the seven, and I don't think there's just seven. Uh, just, um, I believe there's lots of realms. Um, there's seven main ones. We're, I believe that we are supposed to rule and reign in all of them, that we are supposed to have dominion of the, of the expanse of the government of God. There shall be no end. That's what Isaiah told us about the ministry and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So if the kingdom is not expanding and if his government is not taking over places, it's because the church is failing him from doing what he asked us to do. The Great Commission, taking the gospel, which is the power of God, into all of the world, bringing people into salvation. When you bring people into salvation, by default, you usher them into the kingdom. So the dominion of God should rule and reign in all these places. The reason that it hasn't is because the church in the past, has literally told us to stay out. Don't do anything politics because that's a bunch of bad people doing bad things. And so the church said, oh, okay, well, we won't be with bad people who are doing bad things. 
So we just defaulted politics to Satan. And look what he did. Same thing with education. The governmental education system came from the church. The church started education in America. Period. And because the church got bored with it, tired with it, and they wanted to save some money, and it was kind of tiresome, they gave it to the government. And the government said, well, thank you. We'll do something with this. We'll take really good care of your kids. And now they're showing gay porn to six-year-olds. You think I'm lying. Look it up. In school with your tax money. That's what they're doing. And now the church is like, hey, 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 hey. Okay, well, if we wouldn't have gave it up in the first place, we wouldn't have to hey, hey, hey. Well, now we've got to go back in there, get it. So if, you're, if that bothered you, what I just said, run for school board. Go talk to the teachers. Go talk to your super, uh, the superintendents. Go talk to the principals. You have influence and you have the right to go and fix that. If you don't like what's going on in politics, get engaged. I'm an elected official. I serve in politics because I got tired of complaining about it because the father said, if you're going to complain, you're going to do something. Otherwise, shut up. Yeah, God says shut up. I know. So I got engaged. Same thing with uh, education. I go meet with the superintendents. I'm in charge of, of doing the, the, ba- the baccalaureate. So I bring everybody together for baccalaureate for Pearl City. I, there's, a lot of way, there's a lot of places, ways. I'm a jail chaplain, so I don't just complain about the, that system. I'm involved. I'm a hospital chaplain. I don't just complain about the healthcare system. I get involved. There, I'm in, I put myself in all these places so that I can complain. So when you hear me whining about something, i got rights. (laughs) But we've usurped responsibility to these things. I don't necessarily think that it's supposed to be a doctrine. I think it's supposed to honestly fall under the Great Commission that we're supposed to go into all. Anybody know what all means? All. Does that include politics? The Great Commission is all. We're supposed to go in all these places and we're supposed to expand the kingdom into them. And because we're, we haven't done it, we don't think that we're legally allowed or whatever. You know how many times I got threatened at my old job to not talk about Jesus or not preach Jesus or not baptize someone in the commissary? <laughs> I did some funky stuff. I had, man, I had customers, customers by the hundreds get healed with a cigarette in one hand and a coffee cup in another hand and get healed. It was awesome. And then I'd get wrote up for it, and they'd fuss at me, and they'd threaten me that they were going to fire me and all that. I'm like, well, if I get fired for Jesus, good thing get fired for it. And they never fired me, and they kept promoting me. It was radical. <laughs> I basically expanded the kingdom there. And I left a legacy. They still call me to this day, and that was ten years ago. And so there's you're, we're supposed to be engaged in all those kind of things. And when you look and you see something terrible, and it really pokes you in the heart... It's probably because the Father is poking you to go after that thing. If knowing that babies, innocent babies, being slaughtered in the wound, slaughtered, murdered in the wound by doctors who have committed, who have declared the Hippocratic Oath, which is do no harm, and they get paid. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to invade the womb of a woman and chop up 
a living human being. If that doesn't affect you, I don't know what to say. And if that affects you past the quote-unquote normal Christian thing, well, maybe it's because you're supposed to be engaged there. Maybe you're supposed to be beloved churches, liaison to the pro-life movement. Or maybe, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do this other than just seeing bad stuff and say, oh, that's terrible. Anyway, what's on the news? Oh, well, I'll turn on my favorite show. What's on Netflix? Like, like, that's how we inoculate ourselves from what's going on. We just, it's basically a drug. I'm just going to play video games. I'm just going to watch the movies. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay. I don't want to get, I don't want to get involved. I don't care. Uh, and that's exactly right. And then the left says, okay, well, since you don't care and you're not going to do nothing, we'll do it. And they all get together, get in unity, and run roughshod over us, and then we wonder what's happening. And then it gets so, so, so bad that we find they're like, oh my God, we can't take this no more. And then we rise up, and it's this roller coaster where it's just like, okay, we're fine, we won, and it goes back into hell. And then we gotta pull it out of hell. It'd be just, we'd be way better if we just rule and reign in all of these realms, and just keep it. <sighs> I preached a whole message on that. A few months back, I think it was actually called Seven Realms. Mitch, is that right? Um, Seven Realms, and so I would encourage you to go and watch it. You'll have some stuff, baby. Yep, that was good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are uh, about to do a open board meeting. You are welcome to stay. You're welcome to go. Uh, We believe that the Holy Spirit has available to you whatever it is that you came to receive. So if you came with any kind of an illness, sickness, disease, uh, if you're struggling with any kind of poverty or lack, any kind of a soul issue like oppression or depression, things that are weighing you down, we specifically make time every service to deal with that. If you, are, if you cannot confidently call yourself a son of God, and I know the gals are like, no, 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 say daughter. It's not daughter, it's son. It's hes, H-E-I-S in the Greek. And it doesn't mean uh, masculine or feminine. It means, it's an inheritance term. And it's a princely term because you are of your king. And so it's not, it doesn't have to do with male and female. It has to do with position, authority, and identity. And so if you do not, if you cannot confidently say that you're a son of God, these ministers that come up here, they will show you and lead you into being born from above is what Jesus said in John chapter 3. You can be born from above. If this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing, if you're finally done being an anti-Holy Spirit person and you would like to be immersed, submerged in the Holy Spirit, they know how to do that. So whatever you've come to receive, if you leave without receiving it, that's on you. You don't get to email me later because we're going to make that all available. And the last thing before I bless you is uh, last week I asked all of the married men to raise their hand and we handed them um, a invitation to a marriage covenant weekend. And some of you responded. And some didn't. Uh, and I'm not I'm not going to guilt or shame or condemn anybody, but I know that you know it's it's four hundred bucks, and I know people are like, man, four hundred dollars, and da 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 da. I know it's about the same as a break job. 
which means that a break job is more important than your marriage. I would encourage you to rethink your position as to how important it is for you to come to the marriage covenant weekend. And I know a bunch of gals were like, hey, hand it to me. And I didn't fuss at nobody, didn't say nothing, but I didn't want the gals to take it last week. I wanted the men to, I'm not going to talk bad, <laughs> to take their rightful position as that spiritual leader in their family and initiate this. Because I also knew that this week I was going to ask all the gals whose husbands maybe haven't responded to that rightful place in their marriage, but you know that they that you as a couple still need to be a part of this, I would like to make it available to you. So if you're a gal, or if you're a guy, and maybe you just forgot, <laughs> uh, we would like to invite you to the marriage covenant weekend that my ministry is putting on. It's going to be at Lake Geneva. It's a they're king suites at Lake Lawn Resort. It's going to be a great opportunity for you and your marriage. If $400 is too much, I'll tell you this. That's your opinion and not the Father's. I'm pretty sure God would make it available to anyone who would like for it to be theirs. He wants you to have a better marriage than you do. Trust me, I can tell you that because he gave me K. <laughs> so we want you to please come. Um, this is the only place that I'm making it available that I pretty much accept everybody's uh, application because there is an application for this because I'm not just taking old, any old random person off of Facebook that wants to come have their marriage messed with. I'm not dealing with all that. I'm dealing with people that are Christians, that are really actually committed to Jesus. And so this is the only environment that I say that you are likely to attend if you get in first. I'm going to make it available to about four other churches very soon. So I don't want anybody to miss it because it is limited. I want you to be there because this is my peeps. This is where my soul is. And so I want you to have that. So uh, do, I don't know if we have any more. Do we have any more of these? <laughs> Thanks for the warning, Pastor. Uh, we have, um, there's QR codes on here, and so we could actually just pass it around. But I have two, so if two people want to take it, we can. And I'm not going to throw nothing because I get fussed at. <laughs> so here's two of them, and you can probably just take a picture of it and pass it on if you need to. <laughs> but I have a deep, deep passion that you're married. Uh, people don't realize that a ton of their lives are affected by that particular relationship. It actually says in Peter that your prayers will be hindered if you don't have that right. Those of you that maybe have been praying for stuff for a long time, and it's not happening, and you got a bad marriage, you might can fix two birds. Kill. Don't kill. Heal. Heal two birds with one stone? With one prayer. 
All right, so I'll have the ministers, uh, the altar ministers, come down now. Um, and for the rest of you, I'd like for you to please rise. I'm going to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing a few moments with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his precious, life-changing word. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God, and at Beloved Church, this is where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. Beloved, I pray, I desire, I declare that above all things, that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul your mind your will your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the father desires for you to have we love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon goodbye beloved Thank you.